Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined uh, from Miami by Rob Cassidy. Rob, back from WrestleMania, better than ever. How, how was it? It was good, man. I'm just, you know, excited for spring football. And let me tell you, your team is going to be better than ever. Everybody's bought in. All the cancers are off the team. Everybody's in the best shape of their lives. The new coach's system is really taking hold. There's a real culture of winning. I think it's going to be different this year for your favorite team. And, you know, I'm pretty sure of it. Well, a lot of these new coaches have been doing the opposite of the coaches before them in terms of everything. And now it's all going to be better. <laughs> That's how that works. Yes. I saw one the other day where it was, a, I think I sent it to you, where it was a team was wearing plain t-shirts in their workouts. Didn't have any slogans on. It just shows what kind of team they are. Yeah, really getting back to that gritty mentality that made that program great in the first place. <clears throat> uh, and joining us, special guest, special uh, third co-host this week with Nick Kruger, uh, unavailable to join us. Adam Friedman, Mid-Atlantic recruiting analyst. Friedman, how's it going? Oh, it's great, man. What a time to be alive. Trying to uh, get out to as many camps as I can. I know you guys are already having a, a really busy spring here, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out there this year. I'm excited to have a police presence on this podcast. Things are getting a little bit out of hand. <laughs> it's too bad that Adam's on in a week where we don't have Nick to uh, to really give us a lot of sound effects uh, because uh, we're going to have – it's a limited – I should have mentioned it's a limited production episode uh, as hopefully I'm going to ask Dave to uh, to do the production this week. So, all right, let's jump right into it. We, we had Adam on this week because as we've mentioned before, we're getting ready to launch another podcast where we talk about uh, – a little uh, football and pop culture and stuff like that. We were going to do a Joe Paterno movie special, but uh, the movie was so bad and horrible that uh, we decided just to have Adam on with us. We're going to talk about it a little bit at the end of the show with Rob, who has not seen the movie, thank God, because he might have smashed his TV in terms of uh, how poor of a <laughs> poor quality of movie it was. I don't think you would. You're kind Rob, of making me want to watch it now. <laughs> I don't think you'd make it past the first five minutes. It could be tough for you. Uh, wow. I mean, Nick and I, Nick and I are having a, you know, we were like legitimately angry at how bad, and it's not like the subject matter, but anyway, we'll talk about it at the end. So we want to remind you, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, let us know uh, what you think of the show. Hit us up on Rivals Podcast. I went through the email uh, this past week. We only had one email. So if, if you have something you want us to talk about, the one email was somebody asking us to talk about the Baylor coaching search. So we missed the we missed the boat on that. <laughs> to check the email. <laughs> we missed the boat on that. Uh, well, the email is Woody and Rob. It says so. Uh, yeah. Anyway, you can check it too. But I, I went through and deleted all the horrible emails from Twitter. Which, by the way, Twitter sends a lot of junk email. Have you guys noticed that? Oh yeah, it's a ton. So. All right, we're going to jump right into it, and we have got a surprise first topic for Rob Cassidy. Rob, you've been out of the loop. You've been uh, watching the 75-hour WrestleMania, which did it feel like it was that long live when you were sitting there? Well, I didn't go was- to like any of the pre-show crap. It did feel a little bit long. It dragged on a little bit. Um, some of the people in my party left. I stuck it out uh, being the true WWF supporter that I am. Uh, but yeah, it did feel a little bit long. All right, so our first story comes to us from uh, basically Commitment Issues correspondent, now Doug Samuels at footballscoop.com, really bringing the heat for us every week, giving us something to talk about. The headline, Rob Cassidy, college coach shares why he doesn't believe kids should be tweeting, blessed to receive an offer from. <laughs> can't wait to get into the can't wait to get to the meat of this hard hitting piece of journalism. What what is our boy? Have, what what is he upset about? 
Okay. Kelvin Bell, the assistant defensive line coach and recruiting coordinator at Iowa, answered some questions recently about the challenge of recruiting future Hawkeyes, the type of kids they're going after, and their recruiting philosophy, and also shared some interesting perspective on modern-day recruiting and how scholarship offers are viewed by some student-athletes today. Here's our quote from Bell. He says, kids have no idea what an offer means. They have no idea what an offer means, he says again right after that. I showed those guys an NLI, a National Letter of Intent, and asked those kids, have you ever seen this before? Um, Which I believe uh, uh, this was on video. And he says, says, you know, if a kid kid visits here and has genuine interest, I have no problem extending an offer. But if a kid just wants to recruit it, no, I'm not going to appease you. I don't want you to tweet out that you're blessed to receive if you have no intention of coming here. You have no idea of what I'm trying to offer if that's your motive. So, and then it go, goes on from there, him talking more about it. So, so <laughs> we should start by saying schools cannot send out letter of, letters of intent until like 48 hours before signing day, right? Is that correct? It's something like that. It's very close to the deadline, whatever it is. I don't know if it's 48 hours or not, but it's something like that. This guy, and I don't even know it's this guy. What is this obsession with these coaches wanting to control every little thing these kids do on the internet? It's have your huddle in your bio. Have your real name in your bio. Don't tweet the word blessed. Don't tweet this. Don't tweet that. Pull up your pants. Talk like this. Do this. But the best thing is to not have a Twitter at all because if you don't have a Twitter at all, it means you're a good, hardworking kid. Just coach football, dude. Recruit players and coach football. This isn't like you're not molding young men's Twitters for the rest of their life. This isn't your job. I don't know when this became part of the coaching gig was to win football games and also tell kids how to behave on the internet. The internet's not for you, old man. It's it just I, I keep these thoughts to yourself. It does nothing but make you look stupid. Yeah, the, <laughs> what what I thought was interesting was, it, I mean, when a kid, so even if a kid comes to his school and the offers, and the kid tweets that he got the offer, does that make does that make them mad too or not? I mean, because uh, these are teenagers, children, as we often remind people online. Right. On the internet, you know, with their friends, which is probably, you know, of utmost importance to them. And they want to share the news. So are kids not a lot? Could they just say, I've received, you know, they say, a lot of them say blessed to receive an offer from. It's just a thing that they say. It's just, it's like saying first and foremost or without further ado. It's just something they hear and they've picked up. But are kids not supposed to announce that they've been offered by Iowa because this coach doesn't like it? That's what I'm sort of confused about uh with this take really it's weird because a lot of coaches i've talked to and players i talked to will tell you some coaches will tell them to tweet the offer out because they think it builds momentum or builds brand notoriety i don't know if that's true either but i i i guess is this guy bored like what's what's i don't know i don't know what's being hurt here like well oh. who's the victim in this crime officer okay. <laughs> yeah, Fried, Friedman. <laughs> I would bet. I would wager that Friedman can tell you the same thing, Rob. I've had coaches text me and say, "Hey, I offered this kid. Can you tweet it out before the kids even put it out?" Mm-hmm. Is that is that you? Adam? Oh yeah, definitely. Especially with high school coaches too. High school coaches will tell me before anybody. A lot of times, um, I see. You know, I've met Coach Bell before, and he seemed like a nice enough guy. I don't quite understand this take. You know, the kid is just happy to have received a scholarship offer. Uh, why is it, you know, let's not take it to the nth degree and, and try to put him down for, you know, just saying something that 
he may just he may not really know the repercussions of. Uh, See, I, I'm sure he is a nice guy. I'm not, I think a lot of these coaches are nice guys, and they mean well. But it all goes back to everything that coaches say in the press and on the media is for other coaches to make them look like more of a coach. It's like here's the stereotype of a coach that's being portrayed on television. And I saw it when I was younger, and that's how I have to act. It has to be no nonsense. I have to hate the internet. I have to act like I don't know what Facebook is. I have to call it Face Space or whatever coaches do, and. <laughs> And any kind of sign of bragging or braggadocia is condemned. I, I don't know. I don't know why they're playing these characters. It's so and thinking that people can't see through it. It baffles me. Uh, it's just I, I just like to have a segment every week where where we, Rob, Rob just gets so mad. It really is is enjoyable to me. Now uh, we can move on from this, but before we do. We have uh, we're going to jump right into tweet of the week because this story somebody responded and his name was Steve uh, at Steve Relagap. He has five followers. Steve does okay, so it's a little not very many followers. And he say, he puts a quote and says, "Don't want to come to Iowa? Then don't. We're Iowa and we don't need you. We like five and seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, which really made me laugh. Steve, uh, Rob got in trouble for for uh, or he didn't get in trouble. He made the Iowa fans mad a couple years ago when uh, I think he's a he appears to be a Nebraska fan. Uh, Steve does. Oh yeah, he's got a Husker Power. He's got a Husker Power uh, shirt. So uh, I I I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed that tweet. We love Iowa. We love the Iowa fans. I think this message, like you, Rob said, plays to other coaches and it plays to you know. Uh, Midwest sensibilities here in terms of, you know, these guys should be happy that they can play football and they should keep their mouth shut or, or whatever. Keep your yeah. mouth shut and do labor for me for free, please. Right. Exactly. So uh, Iowa does, Iowa does one of the best jobs in terms of evaluating kids. They make our rankings look bad, uh, including this year when they're going to have another two star be a first round pick, but. And the know. fan base is nice. I love going to that message board. It's, you know, it's nobody's ever called, even when they were mad at me, they weren't like threatening to blow up my car or calling me ugly. Uh, they kept it pretty pretty between the lines, which I respect and appreciate. And for the record, I've seen a lot of kids who end up committing to Iowa tweet out, blessed to have received an offer from Iowa. <laughs> right. It, it's going to happen. So uh, moving on, speaking of, of wars, we've, get, we've got a real war brewing here. Shea, Shea Patterson versus Ole Miss, the former five-star quarterback, left said he's trying to get a waiver to play this year at Michigan, saying that he felt like he was misled by the coaches, which, uh, God, Bill Trochi continuing to send me Slack messages about the weather conditions this weekend. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know we're going to be standing in the rain all weekend. Um, any indoor options? No, coach. Sorry. Sorry, coach, Bill. Tell him to ask Chad Simmons. Yeah, tell him to ask that guy in uh, – Arkansas, who didn't bring any kids to the Mobile camp because he thought it was going to rain, and then we proceeded to stand around in the sun all day. Um, so, and then asked to invite kids to other cities. So, anyway, not that I'm bitter about that, but uh, Rob, you've got. Do you have some of the quotes there from Ole Miss? The uh, or, or do you did you have it pulled up? Because no, he, I can uh, find it though. I can give you the long and short of it. Was just yeah, they, you, they can't block it. They can protest it, I guess, which really doesn't mean anything, saying they don't believe he was misled. They don't believe that, you know, on the grounds that he's playing for this waiver, they don't believe they should get it because they don't believe that he was misled by the coaching staff, I guess was long and short of it. They can't stop it. It's not like they're blocking it. 
they're just giving the NCAA something else to consider, I suppose. Well, I mean, who? this is a situation, and I understand there's probably some bad blood because of the way it shook out. Guess what? Ole Miss has a good quarterback. I like their current quarterback. Just let the kid go. Let all these kids go. They're gone. They're out of your life. You're not playing against them. Who cares? This is where I think these these schools don't realize you just look petty. This is this could affect you in recruiting because you end up looking petty going forward. You move on from this scandal. It's in the it's in the rearview mirror. You know what the penalties are. You can move forward now. You've got they got the number one recruiting class in in the SEC right now. They got eleven commits. It's like just 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 move on. I, I don't get it. The biggest upset in all this is that Harbaugh hasn't subtweeted them yet. I, yeah, we, we, you know, what's going on with him? When is this trip happening to Italy or whatever? Is he doing it? It's almost like he's kind of laying low for now because he knows this is kind of a big season for the perception of him and that he has to win some games. Uh, something tells me that if they get off to a good start or they have a good year, we'll be right back in it with Harbaugh. Yeah, and he has his TV show that's on right now, which I think Adam and I are going to start watching this week and to talk about next week. It looks good. I've been seeing a lot of clips. I've actually been seeing a lot of Ohio State fans tweeting clips from the show as, as they seem to be enjoying it quite a like bit which I the, the gifts of it you know just trying to make fun of just the motions or the the, the faces of, of guys when they're mid-sentence i've seen a lot of that right there's, <laughs> there's been a lot so we'll we'll enjoy that we're going to start talking about that next week but my opinion we don't have to linger on this for too long just let the kids go and let the nca decide and let them play you know like there was one thing here where the story from uh, College Football Talk where it says a source said it's a flat-out lie that he was misled. Well, what? okay, so so Hugh Freeze told Shea Patterson, yeah, we're cheating, everything. <laughs> we're going to cheating. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, no, of course that's not what happened. Let me tell you about this escort service I discovered in Tampa while I'm at it. Right, right, exactly. Come on, dude. I mean, we know, you know, I obviously know, I've known Shay since he was probably in middle school. I have a good relationship with his dad. So, you know, maybe I'm a little bit biased here. But, you know, I also like the fans at Ole Miss. I know a lot of them listen to the show. So just let's just move on. This is like a bad breakup where it's like you're fighting over, you know, the cat or something. Yeah, I think it might be perception of the university they're worried about. I don't think they're fighting about Shea. I don't think anybody at that school cares if Shea plays for Michigan or not. I think they're kind of tired of having the university's name dragged through the mud maybe. And maybe this is just another way of maybe trying to save a little bit of face where, you know, maybe we did all these things, but we didn't lie to a kid's face about doing all these things. That's the only – and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's the only motivation that I can kind of glean from why they would even, you know, come out and, and dispute this. Well, the reason Ole Miss got put in such a tough situation was they made all their defense was Hugh Freeze didn't know he's a good guy, blah, blah, blah. Well, then that other scandal happened, and then they can't change their whole defense and be like, yeah, let's just blame Hugh Freeze now. He's fired anyway. Uh, so so like you said, we're still lingering on topics like this. And I like you're right. They are trying to defend it. But, you know, I, I personally to me, it's not even on my mind anymore. I don't think about – I don't even know. Do they have a bowl ban this year, or is it over? It's over, right? Yeah, I think oh, no, they must. I think they no, extended they it for one. They extended it for one more year. Yeah, so get through the year and, and move on. You know, the, like I said, you have a good quarterback. I think the quarterback they have is going to play in the NFL. Who is it? I, uh, I think his name is Jordan Tamu. He's a he's a JUCO kid. I think he's from. Oh Hawaii. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I know, I know the kid. He's good luck. Good. I liked him. You know, even before Patterson decided to leave. I, I actually, I remember. Uh, 
somebody told me about him when he was at JUCO and they say he's going to Ole Miss. And I was like, why would he go there? Uh, <laughs> he, if he wants to play, Patterson's going to be there, but obviously it's going to work out. He's going to get plenty of plays. Well, dude, our, boy Matt Lucas, our boy Matt Lucas killing it. Uh, you know, when you consider the circumstances and what he's recruiting to and everything that's surrounding that program, it's incredible what he's doing. He's re- and, you know, he's kind of been gifted a little bit of the fact that Mississippi is absolutely loaded this year. But man, he's he's been impressive so far. And just the kids he's gotten to listen to him and, you know, assembling a giant recruiting class this early, I'm, I'm really impressed with him. Yeah, they're doing a good job. Exactly. So uh, that's what I'm saying. Forget it. Let it go. Let's let's all move on. Uh, so I'm still laughing at this uh, tweet from our boy Steve. It really, really made me <laughs> really made me laugh. Um, all right, we were going to talk about Herm Edwards again. With the uh, we were going to talk about Herm, and and he doubled down on his cutting comments. But we're just going to skip through that. We get it. Um, I think we're gonna. It'll be interesting to see if any players uh, come out and say some interesting stuff after they are indeed cut, uh, which is going to happen at some point soon. We want to talk a little bit about spring football, but uh, I don't know. Nothing is really truly shaken out. Trevor Lawrence, uh, Rob put here on the sheet. He continues to turn heads in Clemson. I think it's a situation where he doesn't start the year, but we end up maybe seeing him take over. Uh, I thought it might be fun to do a little roundtable here, especially when we have Friedman. And is there any spring storyline in any school that really intrigues you more than Lawrence? I get a couple. Um, I'm interested in DeAndre Francois. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what's going on? Because I keep hearing, it seems like, and I even heard on another podcast that I listened to that, that they, that Blackman might win the job. Is that going to happen? I, with the new coaching staff, I guess it's not out of the question. And, you know, I don't think Francois was hundred percent healthy when spring football started. I would, I think it's a real risk to go with the unproven option that, you know, was kind of in charge of whatever happened last year, uh, as opposed to a guy that, you know, did lead you to a 10 wood season. It's to a lesser extent, what we talked about with Jake Fromm. uh, Now you can't, and Justin Fields, you can't just bench a dude (laughs) after, you know, the only thing he's done is be pretty good, you know, and then otherwise you open yourself up to wide criticism. If the other guy falls on his face. That would definitely hurt Willie there big time. Yeah. Personally, I think Francois is a superior quarterback to, you know, in terms of his, his ability, but I mean, the, the talk about he has trouble throwing the deep ball and stuff like that. I, I've always liked him. I've always thought he was a good quarterback. I think, I think you go with it. I think he should win the job, especially after, you know, seeing Taggart uh, with a, with more of a pro style quarterback at Oregon last year who had a ton of success. I mean, in the past he's had, he's had guys that can run around a little bit and, Francois can can move a little bit, but not like Blackman, obviously. So it's interesting. I think I think that is a big storyline. I I don't know. So half the time I think Florida State's going to have a big year. Half the time I think they could go seven and five. And you know, I, I'm a little nervous. I'm, I w- I say I'm a little nervous right now for uh, the start of the Willie Taggart era. What do you got up there, Freeman? What what's kind of intriguing you from spring football? Um, it's interesting to see how. Um I mean, how some of the recruiting things are shaken out up here, but really anything on the field, it's kind of, it's kind of blah. Um, Maryland has two quarterbacks coming back from injury. Uh, Virginia Tech it doesn't really have too many big position battles. Rutgers is still, uh, you know, gaining traction. Penn State, um, you know, they've got to reload after uh, Barkley, but you know, they've got Miles Sanders. 
there. You know, they lost a bunch of other positions, but they've been recruiting like like crazy. So they've got plenty uh, to reload with there. Uh, it's kind of blah, though. I mean, North Carolina's taking it. Is our boy Brian Byron Cowart going to show up at Maryland and be the number one player in the country that we all once thought he was? <laughs> He's going to have plenty of chances to get as much playing time as he as he wants. Um, that's for sure. Uh, he, nobody on Maryland's roster has the physical build of Byron Cowart. Uh, and he'll he'll look like he fits in with with really any team. Uh, he should be able to play a lot, though. I've got I've got news for you. I almost texted you, Rob, but I knew you weren't really looking at your phone. I, I was trying to find the the over under win totals for next year. Are those not out yet? I was also looking for them. They are not out yet. I I got I may take out a second mortgage mortgage to bet the over on Maryland. I, I feel like if if that if if that thing is at like five or six. I'm going way over. I think Maryland's going to be good this year. I think they could win eight. As games. long as those quarterbacks stay healthy, though, that's been the problem for them for for such a long time. There's no health at the quarterback position. They've got two really good young guys, Kasim Hill and and Piggy. Uh, they like to call them uh, Ty- Tyrell Pigram. Uh, and, and that offensive line is the best it's been in the last five or six years. Um, it was just kind of freak injuries the last the last year for the two of them. Uh, we'll see what happens. They got a new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, Walt Bell headed down to Florida State and you know brought in Canada. Uh, so we'll see how the, they take to the new system there. Well, they got what three grad transfers on defense. They have Cowart, as you mentioned. They had the linebacker from Illinois. Uh, I think his name's Trey Watson. And then they had, or not a grad transfer, but Mark. Yeah, didn't they, don't they have our boy Marcus Lewis from back yeah. in the day from Florida yeah, State? Yeah, he's eligible now. Um, right. But they, I think they lost DJ Moore, you know, on the on the outside. They don't have a ton uh, on at wide receiver. That's going to be an issue for them. They've got a lot of really good banks and slot receiver types. They don't have a true outside threat though on offense. Like my over under to watch when those things come out is Nebraska. Mm-hmm. If that thing is hovering around like six and a half or seven, I, man, I just think that offense and that conference is going to be mighty hard to stop. It's so unlike anything else that's being run up there. I think that they could mess around and win nine or 10 games. Right. Especially in the West there. I mean, the West is the bigger, slower half of the, of the big 10. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm putting the the same, I feel the same about UCLA. Uh, I think people think they're not going to be good. Oh, they don't have talent. They have a ton of talent on the team. Chip Kelly's going to immediately make them better. I, so uh, uh, anyway, that, that, those are some of the things we're watching. Tennessee is obviously the storyline we're watching around here. I mean, the other day, our uh, Tennessee website, VolQuest.com, had a ton of news on guys switching positions. And they had eight or nine guys that switched positions midway through spring practice. So it's clear they're trying to find anything they can do to, to, to make guys click, especially some guys who are highly ranked recruits. I think – you know, Greg Emerson, who was probably, I think he might have been their top-rated signee, they moved him from D-line to, to O-line, and he struggled with injuries late in, in uh, high school too. So it, it's that's going to be a storyline to watch. I think guys moving around positions is always is always weird. Uh, and it's just it, – it's, it's interesting to watch. One of my favorite things to watch when there's a new coach is hired is how the media kind of feels out the new coach and how they get used to things. And it seems like, I mean, I think I saw Jesse Simonton tweet that Pruitt didn't mention a specific player by name for four straight media availabilities. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a real, uh, it's a real game of checkers that's going on up there. So I want so to point out before that. we move on that we did like five and a half solid minutes on Maryland football, and I don't want that guy in the comment section calling us SEC honks anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. We talked a lot about Maryland. They've been right? flying yeah. under the radar until I finally come on here. I'm a Maryland native, but uh, you know, been flying under the radar on the Commitment Issues podcast. See, take that guy that complains that we don't talk enough about Maryland football. Here's a spring. Here's a spring football uh, trend for you guys. A storyline: All the spring games are getting canceled. Wisconsin, Michigan, Northwestern, Iowa State. I mean. It, all throughout the Midwest and, and really trickling over East. I saw a good tweet from Dino Baber saying how uh, it never snows in the dome. They never have to cancel games for weather over there. So they also sell booze in the dome, which is they another do. plus. Do they? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize. Uh, I didn't realize. Uh, it's a very interesting that these schools. Some schools don't sell beer. I remember growing up as a kid at the stadium in Oregon, you had to walk outside of the stadium during halftime and then you could get beer. What's the difference? Why don't they sell it in the stadium? I think there's an on-campus, like, yeah, there used to be at least a rule. I don't think that is anymore. More and more starting, like Adam was saying. But since the Dome isn't technically on Syracuse's campus, I think they can do pretty much whatever they want to do. Yeah, I just I just don't see what is the difference between selling a beer inside the stadium and selling it inside the practice facility 10 feet outside of the stadium. It doesn't I don't. I don't. I, I have no idea. Students are in the stadium, man. Cancelled. You want? Oh yeah. You want to talk about weird? Uh, <laughs> there was in order to. I guess like part of the beer sales, you could have like high schools could raise money in there. So <laughs> all the teachers from oh. my high school would be inside the practice facility at Oregon selling beer pregame and at halftime. And you know how awkward it is to run into a teacher outside of school. Imagine <laughs> how many you'd run hey, into. Hey, Miss Frederick, let me get a rolling rock. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, sir? Uh, <laughs> hey, Mr. Pollard. Uh, the principal, even. Um, <laughs> Mr. Pollard, remember when you gave me that in-school suspension a few years ago? Okay, I'm going to bong this beer in front of you now. Uh, Mr. Pollard, Mr. Pollard used to like me. Big shout to him. Uh, he, he gave me one of my first starts in the broadcasting world with making me the PA announcer at CGHS. So, oh, man, uh, what an experience that must have been for the for the audience. Yeah, it all, it almost, that yeah, been. And it almost got what he. It almost got what he beat up during a Powerpuff game, if I recall correctly. Yes, yes, that is true. I don't know if I've ever told that story on the podcast. I'll have to do that another time. <laughs> one of one of the many times I almost got beat up and got beat up later on uh, for something I said or did. So uh, n- now instead of getting beat up, I just almost get fired. <laughs> the natural progression of a career. All right, real quick, Friedman, we talked about Florida State and their quarterback situation. Sam Howell, who was one of the, the hottest quarterbacks on the market, committed to Florida State this week. Um, and I'm supposed to do a story. I think I have to check the old budget about the kind of quarterback dominoes that are now going to fall based on, based on a lot of these quarterbacks committing how big, you know, we, you can talk a little bit about how you think Hal fits it at uh, Florida state. I don't want to get too bogged down, but how many other schools are impacted now that they missed out on, on, uh, well, there's, yeah, I mean, him? there's a lot, a lot, a lot goes into this commitment. I mean, Hal's a great fit at Florida state, you know, more mobile than people give him credit for. He's touching six foot one. So you don't have to worry about the height anymore. He's got the arm strength to make all the throws. He's a very accurate quarterback and, you know, very experienced uh, playing high level football. He's just outside of Charlotte uh, and he plays some, some big time teams throughout his career. So uh, kudos to uh, uh, Willie Taggart and, and offense coordinator, Walt Bell for that commitment. Uh, Walt Bell has been, had, had a strong relationship with Howell for a long, long time. He was the first coach to offer him when he was the offensive coordinator at Maryland. Um, so uh, you can really see the connection there. Um, he was, Howell was considering schools like Clemson, 
uh, North Carolina. Uh, he was looking at, he visited Florida just before uh, visiting Florida State. Uh, Ohio State was in the mix there. So plenty of schools impacted. Um, you know, there are some other guys out there that I think uh, those schools will be able to fill the void with. Um, but there's, you know, schools like Florida State uh, that are looking to take two quarterbacks this cycle. And they were in with a guy like uh, Tyson Fomacon uh, from the uh, from the Northeast, one of the top dual threat quarterbacks in this class. Um, and neither one of those quarterbacks have, have said that they have any problem with you know going into the same class with what was that kid? What was that kid's name? Tyson Fomacon. He's like a, He's, that's not that's not a transformer. No, it's not. It's it's Tyson spelled T A I S U N, um, and I, I think I've memorized his last name. It's P H O M M A C H A N H. I think is what it is. It's a it's a crazy last name, but a very good football player too. And he, they, neither one of those quarterbacks said they have any problem going into the same school with another quarterback in that same class. So. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how things shake out there um, with you know, very few top flight quarterbacks in this 2019 class. Yeah, nobody ever has a problem going into a quarter going into class with another quarterback until they transfer to. That's years right. Later. That's right. I mean, but Chase Bryce, you know, he's hanging out at Clemson. He's doing a great job over there. He is. He's. You know who else is hanging out at Clemson now? Is going to be our boy Hunter Johnson. I think he's in. He's he's on the fast track to hanging out. Yeah. Right. Boy, uh, speaking of which, breaking news on the podcast, quarterback-wise, Patrick O'Brien, oh, the fine Irish quarterback at Nebraska, transferring. Mm. Oh, man, he didn't fit that. He didn't fit that. He didn't want any of that frost smoke anyway. Yeah, that's amazing, though, that that quickly. When did he sign last year? Yeah, that's, you know, that's unlucky for him, though. He just just signed with a place that, you know, the offense just suddenly shifted, and now he's not for that life. Yeah, he was in the class of 2016, so I wonder where he'd end up. Curious to see if he would end up maybe at Oregon State, where Mike Riley uh, is an assistant coach now. Um, but uh, a lot of a lot of dominoes falling, man. This is this is crazy. It's crazy, you know. <laughs> I've been listening. I've been catching up on uh, Outside the Lines, you know, the TV show. I listened to the podcast of it and they kept playing the clip of tubby smith complaining about transfers which was a basketball story did you guys ever hear him talk oh, about yeah. that yeah he was like we're teaching him to quit <laughs> i could i could not stop laughing and he got fired like two days later i could not stop laughing because when you listen to so many of them in a row you know there's only one episode a day so it's like monday tubby smith complains tuesday what do we think of tubby smith complaining wednesday penny hardaway is the coach of memphis now um <laughs> it was very, it was very funny it's a real it my funny. wife comes at you fast situation <laughs> it was very funny for me so i don't have any problem with people transferring like you said honestly i think o'brien should be allowed to transfer without sitting out a year because like you said you know, talk about Shea Patterson being recruited under false pretenses. He was recruited under the impression he'd be playing for Mike Riley. Mike Riley got fired, let him go, and let him play somewhere, right? Yeah, he was also standing, being recruited under the impression that he would get to stand in the pocket and not have to, <laughs> you know, run around back there under Scott Frost. I've always been – I've always felt like if, a, if there is a coaching change, kids should be able to transfer without any repercussions there and transfer to any school that they want to. You know, they, the guy who brought them there is no longer there making the rules, so get out when you can. All right. So, anyway, Pat, Pat, Patrick O'Brien now back on the – Back on the market as he's going to find a place to transfer after set out a year. All right, moving on. Uh, we did tweet of the week, which I snuck in there earlier. Uh, 
Now, Rob, you, you uh, <laughs> it's time for rants and recommendations. Rob has a has a rant says it's a throwback rant. So, uh, yeah, let's do, hear it. do you remember a uh, you know a couple of weeks ago when you and I were complaining about those single serving select whatever you want soda machines that are in restaurants? Yes. Yeah. So I follow one of my friends is Ryan Noonan. Big shout to him. He's the social media director at AMC. Uh, okay. <laughs> Once when I got at my low point of my last job, I, he got sent me. God bless him. He sent me up an interview at AMC Corporate, and I just didn't go because I changed my mind. And he still remains my friend. Anyway, so I get sometimes get to see the people that are complaining at him in the AMC account. And here we go. Megan Rosebot at just Megan eighty two tweets to AMC. Okay, AMC, I'm trying out your new location. Are you for real about having the stupid single pour fountain machines in a crowded movie theater? The line is taking forever. So it's not just us. Other people are up in arms about the stupid machines. So, I haven't been to the movies uh, in ages. Unfortunately, I do much of my most of my movie watching on the tiny screen on on airplanes. What is the situation now? You can get your own refill at the movie theater, and they just have those machines out there instead of going up to the counter. Yeah, that's the they give you the big bucket of soda, um, and you can you can use those machines. But it is they just have like in some the one by my house, the AMC by my house, they only have one standalone. Select, select your soda soda machine. So the line, you know, can stretch back further than the ticket line as people stand up there and scratch their chins and try to choose between vanilla Coke and you know tangerine Sprite. Well, while we're in the spirit of throwback, uh, while we're in the spirit of throwback rants, Nick Lucero and I, along with a friend of the show Mary Ta, who uh, we were hanging out with in Houston, a acclaimed dentist. Look her up. Uh, we went to a. Uh, <laughs> We went to a like fancy gelato place, right? You would have loved it, Rob. I mean, this is Italian quality. This was this place was delicious to the point where they even like if you wanted it on a waffle, they make the waffle right in front of you. Oh, There's man. like thirty or forty flavors of, of real gelato. I mean, the line was out the door. Speaking of which, and what do we have except some old man asking to try ten different? Oh, what does the cookies and cream taste like? And Lucero looked over at me because he had remembered me complaining about it before. And I was like, see, look at this. You're 65 years old. You should have tried every type of ice cream now at this point in your life. Just order. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Oh, you know, they got the little shovel. Oh, can I try the vanilla? What does that taste? It tastes like vanilla, old man. It tastes the same. This podcast is quickly going to get a reputation for being ageist, I think. I feel like we spend like eight minutes an episode just railing on old people. Well, it's the same thing of like, do you really need grape flavor in your cola at the movies? No, you can taste it. It tastes like crap. And when you put in the artificial flavoring, it doesn't taste good. It's not like if you buy a vanilla cola at the store and it's pre-mixed by them the right way. It tastes better than if you try to get it at the movie theater with the thing. So that thing is stupid for many reasons. Just like old people being like, "Hey, can I try what is the what is the uh, what does the hazelnut one taste like?" It tastes like hazelnut, dude. Have you ever had Nutella? <laughs> for for a small fee, Woody, Adam, or I will show up at the old person of your choice's house and kick them in the knee uh, if if you'd like that. <laughs> Free be careful because uh, that might be a fake knee, a metal knee there. So bring a steel toe boots. <laughs> yeah. well, there's a word for steel toe boots we use in Oregon that I'd like to use now, but I can't. And we don't have Nick to bleep it out. So uh, does it start with an S? It, is, it ends with kickers. Is the yeah, yeah. Part. I thought those were cowboy boots. That was like, I thought that was a Kansas term. No, no. The the 
the true uh, S word, the poop kickers, we'll call them. Yeah. Uh, they have the steel toe inside of them. Oh, um, yeah. learn something new. There you go. So, uh, anyway, m- m- moving on. Friedman, you got anything? We, we, I know it was a last oh, that's, second. No, I got it, man. It's, I've been, I've been steaming on this for for quite a while. Yes. Um, okay. Mailmen. <laughs> In, all right, well, FedEx guys, UPS guys, <laughs> ring the doorbell when you've got a package for me. You, my car is outside. I work at home. Don't just leave it there to sit outside in the rain all day. Let me know you're here, and I'll bring it inside. Did you have something ruined or stolen? I've had many a box disintegrate upon pickup uh, when I go to get it, and it's it. Mm. I, I've had it. I've had it. I've had it with it. So, so your front your front porch isn't isn't covered. It is partially, but you know, in their infinite wisdom, they don't put it in the covered part. Um, or there's you know some constant splashing since it's left out there all day. I don't know about it. Like a whole side of the box just just melts away. I'm, I'm tired of it. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. When I get deliveries, I often hear them throw it on the porch and then the dog barks and you hear the beeping of the machine, but you, they don't, they generally don't knock on the door unless it's something for you to sign on. Now, what I would advise is probably throwing it on the ground and giving a quick knock and walking yeah. away. If it's Just let me know you're here. Bark. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. Well, I'm betting the UPS guy is over the age of 45 and thus probably has a replacement. I've seen him. I've, I've heard it like a couple of times. And I like open the door real quick to see what's going on, and you see this you know middle aged guy just hauling ass away from away from my door like he just threw it like he threw it away. Okay. I'm, I'm tired of it. Yes. Well, uh, this might shock you to know if if you lived here in Atlanta, Adam, you'd have no problem because oftentimes the delivery people are talking on speakerphone when they <laughs> drop off packages. At I the think door. we all share the hatred. People talk on you can hear them talking on the phone. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, the phone calls never end. So uh, anyway, all right, good one. Recommendation, recommendation. I don't know. I watched the Andre the Giant movie. We could talk about that if if you want. Or we could save it for next. No, I don't week. want to talk about it because I'm going to watch it tonight. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet either. Okay. Yeah, we'll get, I mean, we'll see what you guys think of it. I personally, as a wrestling novice, someone who doesn't watch wrestling. I mean, I didn't feel like I learned anything new about Andre the Giant in this I thing. I saw everybody making a big deal out of that 104 beers thing. And I'm like, that was on an A&E documentary like a decade ago. It's not a new fact. Yeah. I didn't learn any new facts. And I don't, like I said, I don't consider myself to be like a, I'm not, you know, I'm not Dave Shoemaker who is is prominently featured in the movie. How often is um, Hogan in it? I'm, I'm a... Hogan, Hogan is, uh, he's, he, he does serve as like a pseudo narrator for like uh, probably about a third of the movie. Interesting. He's trying Not, to work his way off the bad person list, isn't he? Well, you know, I think him and Andre the Giant were friends. So I kind of enjoyed his insights, especially when they get to the, to talk about WrestleMania three there. But anyway, you could watch it. We'll talk about it next week with Nick because Nick and I watched it together. Um, uh, which was interesting, but I just, it was fine. You know, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't the. It wasn't as bad as and the band played on. You know? yeah, it wasn't the Paterno movie. Yeah, it wasn't a Paterno movie, but it wasn't for me, someone who liked Andre the Giant, I just felt like, yeah, that's about right. It's everything I knew. You know, it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of, of new information. And he's dead, obviously. So it's spoiler alert. Sorry for those who haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> so it's not like he could add context to a lot of this stuff. So moving on. All right. It is paterno time. We're not, like I said, we're not going to talk that much about it. 
We're going to let Rob ask a couple of questions. I'm going to complain right off the top. I need to grab my cell phone. So, Rob, do you have – first of all, the, the whole movie took place within a span of like two weeks. It starts with them playing a game, uh, the them playing yeah. – yeah, playing the Illinois game. Well, they use real game footage, which I like. They use the real announcers, the real audio, which was which I thought was pretty cool. You know, Tom Rinaldi's in it, you know, Reese Davis – uh, play guys like that. They're not in the movie, like their faces, but you hear their voices. So I liked, I liked that, but it takes basically goes from there to the point when he gets fired, uh, which happened within a matter of, 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 I, so I are, think are we, like, for somebody that hasn't seen it. Are we complaining about the fact that it ignored some things? Like, I don't understand why we're mad here because I haven't seen it at all. And I really haven't seen any reviews. Did it, how did he? Did it paint him in a positive light? Like I, I, I don't have any idea. No, it didn't paint him in a positive light. It basically inferred that he knew stuff and was an old man and didn't report stuff. I mean, you can go over the facts, and like I said, I don't want to get too bogged down in that because it's very serious subject matter. We don't take any of that lightly or whatever. There was a lot of Penn State people who said, oh, this is inaccurate. You know, it's a bunch of lies. First of all, here's what I had a problem with. Guess what? They don't get a chance. Those people don't get a chance to comment on any of this anymore. They forfeited their they forfeited their right a long time ago to talk about this situation. Well, a lot of it's like the players who yeah. you, you know oh, how yeah. it is. It's the same. So so uh let me let me find my my little notes here. I can't, I can't remember what I did with them. Uh anyway. <laughs> so the, the, one of the stars of the movie is the newspaper reporter. I can't Sarah remember Gow. her name. Sarah. Yeah. yeah. She's one of the stars of the movie. Uh, and so it starts, the movie starts out with her. You know, she, she broke a lot of this news. I think she was the first one to write a story about it. Uh, she won a Pulitzer prize for her efforts. She now works at CNN. She, <laughs> the movie starts, Joe Paterno coaching from the press box and she's down on the sideline as a credentialed reporter with a photographer and they're wearing like the little sideline, those little mesh vests, you know, that they make them yeah, wear. Yeah, yeah. And she's wearing a Penn state beanie. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and cheering for the team during the game. Ugh. Yet, yet being like, get a picture of Joe Paterno in the press box. The photographer turns around and takes a picture. Then all of a sudden, Oh, security, get photographer number four. Oh, you're out of here. And he's like, no, I'm deleting the pictures. And it's like, so hold on. Did she respond to this at all as being portrayed as a fan? Uh, she's done I, I a couple interviews about about the movie itself, but she hasn't really talked about that. I mean, that's kind of damning. You got to think somebody that – I'd be pissed. Well, I mean – She was they, a consultant on the movie. Yeah, I don't think they really bogged her down on that, but uh, she, Ganim doesn't consider the film a journalism movie at all. I wouldn't uh, either. She's wearing a Penn State beanie uh, on the sideline. That's you know the thing is so oh and then there's another part, Rob, which you would have loved. So she's it's her and her editor. They they make it seem like it's just her and one other guy working on the story, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, this is like the biggest story in the history of that newspaper at the time. <laughs> it has her. It has. Her, it has her. She's working right, and then she needs to go interview one of the victims or something. And she's in the middle of writing her story, and she's like, "I." The editor's like, "You got to go now." He's like, "I can't." She's like, "I can't. I got to finish my story." And he goes, "Finish it on the way." And then it cuts to her driving, like 
Somehow she's supposed to write a story. While, <laughs> she, while she, she can dictate it. I was getting so well, mad. I was it, like, nobody knows. It's how is it so hard to portray sports reporters? I, I don't know if you ever saw the terrible, terrible, terrible television show My Boys. I, I had the unpleasant experience of watching that once. So this this sports reporter is like doing her job in the press box. And then she's like hanging out with the players and drinking whiskey at a bar afterwards. Like she's one of the guys. Like, uh, I don't know. The Wire is the only show that got it even close to right, you know? Well, I don't have an issue. Look, just especially if she's a consultant, I'd be like, there's no way you're putting me in a Penn State beanie. And then having me, because like it was a close game, the Penn State game. And then, and then she's like, come on, you know? Like, and I'm like... <laughs> First of all, first of all, why is a news reporter at the game? You know, A, B, she would be in the press box. C, she wouldn't be telling the photographer what to take a picture of. D, if the if the guy wanted to turn around and take a picture of the press box, they could not kick him out of the game. And, make the <laughs> and cheering for the team in a, in a beanie, you'd think somebody would have told her maybe don't do that. Right. I mean, you know, guess what? When you're at a game, if, they, if, if you're in the press box and even if you're like looking at your computer – and you go and you make a noise, you go, yeah, someone will come and yell at you. Usually, maybe not in the SEC, but uh, <laughs> in, in, mo- in most places that I've ever – I've been in a lot of press box in my day. And What's def- the – all right, all right. Let, let's, let's sidetrack you here. What is the worst as far as cheering goes? Mine is definitely Colorado. There is a lot of cheering in the Colorado press box. Uh, well, you know, I've covered soccer games before, <laughs> like international soccer and it's, you know, really, really, that's not even a thing, you know, like, uh, I think the, I went to a game where the U.S. was playing Guatemala and I mean, the, the, the reporters are just like openly cheering in there and nobody really says anything to them about it. Um, I'm trying to remember who, I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember who, you know, I would get really mad. I would, oh, you don't you remember, uh, Friedman, I think you were there at the army game a couple of years ago. Some guy cheered when a kid committed to Michigan. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. And I and I Rob, you boy, it was like my spotlight moment. I go I told the dude I said you can take that outside, dude. This is a press box. We're not doing that in here. And it was in front of like every reporter and and the guy said something and I said there's I said no. I said either you I said either you be quiet or you leave. Those are your two options. And uh, it was a show-stopping Womack performance. Uh, Imagine Woody at the end of Army Week, and uh, you'll realize what kind of short fuse he's working with there. <laughs> oh, that was that was a that was a long week. I said Rob left a day early to go cover uh, Seven on Seven after that, so he was he wasn't there. But that was uh, you know we we remember what happened uh, at the Army Combine and, and all types of stuff. We were worn out because uh, that was the year we covered. It wasn't at the end of Army Week, Friedman. We covered Under Armour first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flew to San Antonio for Orlando. Then we all flew to Army for another week. So we were all uh, pretty worn out by the time it was all said and done. So anyway, getting back to the movie, a lot of it focuses on Paterno in his own home, which that's where I wonder where they got a lot of details from. I don't really know because it's his family questioning him on what did you know when and him kind of stammering around and not really saying anything. Also, Al Pacino is not playing Joe Paterno. He's just Al Pacino in a Joe <laughs> yeah, Paterno he, he costume. He didn't look or sound anything like him. 
I thought he kind of looked like him. I thought the makeup was good, but he was just like, I'm the coach of Penn State. You know? his, voice, his voice definitely, his voice was just way too low. Like he was, wasn't like high pitched, high pitched, like shrieking enough. There was not enough of that. It was a bad movie. I mean, Al Pacino, you got better things to do with your time than, than play. I mean, and Barry Levinson, I mean, he's a famous director, isn't he? I mean, he directed the movie. I was really surprised. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, uh, who's done some big time movies, you know, uh, critically acclaimed wag the dog. Um, Oh, guess what? You know what? This makes total sense. I just put two and two together. Guess who directed the band that wouldn't die. The worst 30 for 30 ever (laughs) was directed by Barry Levinson. So maybe I don't, sorry, Barry, but, uh, but he ever is Jordan rides the bus. I don't know if you or the the one that made no sense about the NWA and the Oakland Raiders. The whole premise was this team's logo got popular with a rap group. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that we got a documentary. No, the worst one was the fantasy football one, where they recreated it with like actors, like almost like unsolved mysteries. Oh yeah, where they'd be like, "Hey, we're sports writers playing cards. Let's make up a game." Hey, I was that was, was that cool. that was that wasn't worse than the NWA one. Uh, I felt like the NWA one didn't really make sense, but it, I didn't actively hate it. What, I actively hated. Something. What did you think of the Tupac spoken word one? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what just, add to, just say anything about spoken word and you've lost me. I mean, you know, she's slam poetry. Uh, sorry. I'm, I'm out of, I'm out on that. So uh, I would advise not watching the movie, Rob. I would, I, you know, I'd like to do the thing when I once showed Rob the, the trailer for the movie Deadpool and watched him get really angry. <laughs> <laughs> Which I almost had to kick Nick out of my house this week when he said he was excited to see Deadpool 2. Um, Some people like that so, movie. I, I have not seen the movie. I have seen the trailer to the movie and <laughs> you, I, have no, I have no desire to see the movie. You saw the trailer and you had almost a visceral reaction, didn't you? Yeah, I forgot what it was in it that made me so mad. There was one part. It was, was him like, tell, it was him telling the jokes and maybe when they started playing the DMX song and he was like dancing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it for me. <laughs> Because I was reading, I was reading somebody's Twitter account to make Rob mad, and then I was like, "You think you're mad now? Let's watch the trailer <laughs> for Deadpool." <laughs> and he got even more mad. So uh, anyway, if you like Deadpool, it's a very popular movie. Just does not fit with uh, Rob's or mine comedic sensibilities. Um, so uh, so anyway, don't watch the Paterno movie. Uh, it, it was not good. I mean, I I understand it's a very serious topic. Like I said. Uh, a lot of a lot of bad stuff happened. A lot of people went to jail. You know, you can say whether you agree or disagree with how much, you know, Paterno should be blamed for everything and all that stuff. I don't really know. And no, I don't think any of us will ever know outside of the evidence that was in the case. But definitely not enough for us to talk about. Just, <clears throat> I, <laughs> I, just the journalism stuff really bothered me from the perspective of her, who's obviously a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. I doubt she is on the sidelines cheering during a game. There was also a point where, she was getting chastised by, I think, some of her friends for being a liar. And she really didn't stand up to them. And I kind of thought that was, you know, I thought that was bad from the perspective of making her look like she wasn't, you know, oh, a, a weak woman or whatever, when really she's the one who sort of drove the bus on bringing all this stuff to light. So, Are you, are you ready for a hot take, guys? A hot take yeah. into this movie? Yeah. I don't think Al Pacino is a great actor. 
But Scarface, Scarface <laughs> sucks, telling? dude. And, uh, sorry, Scarface isn't a good movie. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's just a bad movie. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on a second. I'm going to go look at my text history. Have I texted you that before? I don't know. Possibly. Let's see. I watched Heat the other day. With, uh, I have never oh, seen you that. Should, it's Pacino and De Niro and uh, I think Val Kelmer's in it too. Uh, it's a good movie. I like it. The Godfather, oh, old see. and washed, fine movie, whatever. I've already shared my my thoughts on on uh, Scarface. Ocean's Thirteen, all that's, terrible. That's terrible Sorry, Heat. Um, You're forgetting Heat. <laughs> terrible. Donnie Brasco, not good. Carlito's Way, okay, not great. What is his best movie? Okay, here's what I texted Was you. Was he in Scent of a Woman? Yeah, who uh, uh here here's what I text here's what I texted you, Rob, on October twelfth. I said, It's too bad Tom Cruise is so crazy. He's a way better actor than your boy Pacino. And then you said, That's a take, maybe a true one. I feel like Pacino was good when he was young. And I said, Yeah, Godfather Scarface, then trash. Well what? What is he? Godfather's his, his his role, right? His defining role, and I guess Scarface. Which well, and guess what? Famously, uh, famously, he almost got fired from Godfather because the people at the studio thought he was so bad, right? Well, they were right. Now, guess what? Tracy. Oh man, I'll tell you what. You want to talk about somebody that gets elevated to a pedestal for next to no reason? Oh, I don't know. I'm looking it, through his. I'm looking through his filmography now, and I'm having a real hard time getting excited about this guy. What's your mom going to think when she hears you ripping Al Pacino? Is this is. Are you you know, I don't think she's this? huge on Pacino because he's done so much to kind of uh, further the Italian Americans are all mafia yeah, and so stereotypes. Yeah. So she would probably agree with me. Um, okay, so so real quick, last story. Last story before we go. I don't even know if this this story make make me look bad. Uh, so as I'm looking at this, it, it reminds me, he did this movie called Insomnia in 2002. Do you guys oh, remember God. it at all? <laughs> uh, I remember that movie. What was that one? So oh, at the he time, was the detective? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll explain the movie real quick. So at the time, I had just started dating this girl who was, I would say, way out of my league in terms of uh, superficial uh, <laughs> story of your life. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'll kick the coverage. Classic Womack. Uh and uh, we had decided to go on a date just to the movies in, in Eugene. This was, um, I think I was a freshman in college. So we went to go see Insomnia, starring Al Pacino, Hillary, Hillary Swank. Swank, Robin Williams. Story is uh, Hillary Swank is a local cop in somewhere in Alaska, one of these places where the sun never goes down in the summer. And there was a serial killer on the loose. And Al Pacino was like some... New York City detective who was brought in to help solve the case, right? Sure. So he gets up there, but he can't sleep because the sun never goes down. So a lot of the scenes are him in bed, you know, with like the blinds closed, like, oh, I can't sleep. It's too bright in here, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> Meanwhile, every, we both, all of us stay in hotels all the time. You know, you can just shut the blinds and completely block out the light in any hotel room in America. So, so anyway, uh, it gets down to the point where it turns out Robin Williams is the murderer. Spoiler alert. I don't see Robin Williams on this cast I'm looking at right here. Uh, You sure it was him? Yeah, starring Al Pacino. Oh, he must be way down the list. Okay. Robin Williams. I'm looking on Wikipedia. Uh, Oh, by the way, the the name of the town is Night Mute, Alaska. (laughs) 
I like how I like how one of the characters in this movie is just simply it's Larry Holden playing somebody just simply called Farrell, and I'm wondering if he's just like a crabby recruiting reporter who likes Applebee's and Denny's and doesn't want to be bothered by your crap. Farrell Brooks appears to be the uh, the, the character's name. So uh, so anyway, uh, so so it turns out. Robin Williams is the killer, right? And I think he's on like a house, a houseboat or a lake house or something like that. And uh, Hillary Swank comes there to to bust him. She's going to get him, right? Well, the movie was obviously ridiculous, as I stated prior. And and whenever you go to the, whenever you go to a movie with me, you can count on me laughing at one really inappropriate moment uh, and getting dirty looks from other people in the movie theater. It's one of so, the perks of going to the movies with Woody. Right, exactly. So, uh, so anyway, Robin Williams is trying to get away from her. They're in a small space, comes around the corner. They meet face to face. And Robin Williams, who at this point had never done like a serious movie, just punches Hillary Swank right in the face, right? And I lost it laughing at how, st- how stupid this movie was. I started laughing. And this girl's response, she was not just mortified, disgusted. I mean, I essentially made it seem like I was an advocate for domestic violence. <laughs> were, were you broken up with? Needless to say, yeah, that was the last date we ever went on. That was a uh, – she. Uh, I forget what her name was, but she was very attractive, but she couldn't get rid of me fast enough. And several people in the theater gave me dirty looks uh, as we walked out. By the way, this got 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you wow. kidding me? This movie is horrible. I may have to watch it and cast the deciding vote here. Well, the fact that you never heard about it. uh, (laughs) Good luck finding it at this point, you know. Driven by Pacino's performance, Insomnia is a smart and riveting psychological drama. People also liked Devil's Advocate, Memento, The Game. The Game, that movie, one of my buddies had like a – an in-law or something that invited him over to his house on like an idle, you know, Friday or something for some dinner and him and his wife. And it's like, oh, you know, the, the ladies are going to cook and you and I can just, you know, I'll have the game on in here. And we, he didn't really know the guy well enough. So we had no idea what game he was talking about. <laughs> so my buddy showed up with a copy of the DVD, the game. <laughs> it was like, turns out it was like some college basketball game. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he meant the game. Or the, <laughs> but I mean, it's not like obscure. if you're going to say the game, it better be like the Super Bowl or like a game that you both like share an interest in. You can't just yeah. you know, idle Sunday to, you know, the game is, you know, Grand Canyon State versus Lehigh. <laughs> or you better be in a sitcom where it's like, hey, you got to come watch the game. <laughs> the big game. All right. I would say if we're looking through this, Son of a Woman is probably Al Pacino's best movie. People love The God. You don't like The Godfather, Rob? I do. I was obviously outlawed from watching the godfather until i was older so i didn't get to see it prime um it seems a little dated to me uh, i'm sure it's very good set of a woman is very good carlito's way is very awful scarface is awful carlito's way is okay uh, i'm trying to see what else i've seen of his filmography he is over i like i like robert, robert de niro is very good in heat but Al Pacino is once again just playing Al Pacino. He's never acting. He's just being in, you know? Like, Look, dude, just, any given Sunday it sucks too. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's one of the most overrated movies in the history of mankind. I, I didn't get it at the time. I took a lot of flack in high school for being like this movie stupid. Now, I did rewatch it recently. 
and there is a lot of like CTE and stuff like that in there that I think was ahead of its time. But for the most part, I mean, it's so unrealistic. Like, you know, the whole, the you know, Willie Beeman and, and whatnot, I guess, I don't know who, who Willie's supposed to be like, uh, I mean, a lot of that stuff was ahead of its time because there wasn't really anybody like him. Yeah, like maybe he, I need to go back and watch this thing. It was, if it you was put entertaining. It com- I'm not saying it was realistic or anything like that, but it was just like, it was a fun, like, you know, out there kind of movie. Right. But you were younger than you were younger than us too when you saw well, I'm it. I'm still so. younger than you now, so yeah, are you? I don't know. Based on pictures, I'm not sure. Yeah. No. <laughs> nice. Zing. All right. That uh, wraps it up for us. We did get one new uh, rating on iTunes this week to bring us to seventy five, twenty five short of our goal of one hundred. We're trying to reach that by the end of the year, so please uh leave us some reviews. I actually had uh Family member at uh, Easter, it was Greek Easter over the weekend, tell me that he left us a review uh, prior and we read it on the air. So de- definitely, we've definitely got some inside jobs here on these reviews. But uh, we have 75-star reviews. Can you believe that, Rob? Well, I can't imagine. Anybody that hated the show probably tuned out in episode three when it was just you and I in the days of Nick's Texas Roundup. Uh, if you remember Nick's Texas Roundup, you're a real one. Yeah, that's right. That and uh, I'm trying to remember what else. We didn't. We didn't have, uh, we kind of just talked before. I don't think we had like, you know, I, we didn't have Tweet of the Week initially either, did we? No, I'd like to go back and listen to some of like the first 30 episodes where it was just you and I and then Nick did like a segment about some broke quarterback and, you know, in Katy, Texas or something. <laughs> yeah, those were, that was, that was a fun time. It's nice having Nick on uh, every week. He's not on this week because he's gone, but Friedman is here. Next week, Friedman and I are going to talk about the first two episodes of the Amazon Michigan football series. What is it called, Friedman? Do you remember? I do not. I have yet to start watching it, but I'm real excited for it. Well, I, I asked uh, Coach Brown, all or nothing, the Michi- colon, the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, that is a very good football. I'm real excited they, to they see I'm real excited to see all the players that I covered, you know, that are like stars there now, like Rashawn and you know, all those other guys. It'll be fun. Yeah, that'll That'll make it more fun for us because we can talk about guys that we know that are on the team. So, like I said, I asked Coach Brown, who covers Michigan for us for uh, the Wolverine.com. I said, have you finished it yet? And he said, uh, he said they're about 45 minutes each, and it's hard to really binge. So that's why we're going to watch two. We're going to see what we think, and then maybe we'll watch the rest and, and follow it up there. It's only eight episodes. So uh, Al Pacino was in a Scarface movie called Jack and Jill that, or in an Adam Sandler movie called Jack and Jill that got a three on IMTV. <laughs> you don't remember Jack and Jill? Was I a, sure do not. It was, it was where Adam Sandler played twins, oh, yeah, but it was a boy, a boy and a girl. girl. Yeah, but what's, I wonder what Pacino's role in this is. All right, we got to move on. I could just sit here and mock Al Pacino's filmography all day. You want to talk about oh, he played himself? Wow, how about that? Yeah, who uh, he played? Guess what? He plays himself in every movie, as I stated <laughs> prior. So, uh, anyway, that wraps it up for us. Uh, M. Deuce, go ahead and play us out. We'll be back with another episode next week. That was good. Thanks for standing in, Friedman. That was awesome.